Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. How are you guys today? Are you doing okay? Because I am. Just checking. I'm joined here with my father, and we're going to discuss the news. So, the first story. I think this is great news, so it's always nice to Mm -hmm. share some positive things. The Missouri governor, Mike Parson, signed an executive order against COVID-19 vaccine mandates. I love it. Yeah. He's so got a little bit of DeSantis in him. Mm-hmm. Okay, someone's running for president. <laughs> right. He looks a bit older. I saw the picture of him, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. actually know his age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, he said they're overreaching. As a governor of the state of Missouri, I stand with concerned Missourians and will do all I can to stop federal COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. Um, he said when President Biden announced his initial plans to force unconstitutional vaccine mandates, we immediately began aligning state resources for legal action. While we hoped the Biden administration would recognize these mandates as the abuse of authority that they are, they have not. We must now use every tool we have available to fight this federal institution. Hmm. So yeah, it, it it's an executive order, um, and it has three specific areas of attention. And it's that uh, the agencies, the boards, commissions, other entity, and entities, as I would say, um, that they have to cooperate fully and timely with the attorney general in litigation on behalf of the state against any federally imposed COVID-19 vaccine mandates or requirements. Um, No agency, board, commission, or other entity within the executive branch or state government should comply with the, uh, you know, or should should compel Mm. anybody to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And especially if they have religious or medical exemptions, which a lot of people are trying to discount right now is Mm. what I've noticed, the religious especially. And then uh, no agency, board, commission, or other uh, entity within the executive branch or state government shall penalize individuals or businesses for noncompliance with the federally imposed vaccine mandate. Mm. Sounds a little bit like the Texas one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Texas has one. And uh, Governor DeSantis, he is holding a special session so that they can make that a law. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, uh, just kind of the order of them. I don't know if maybe Florida first, then Texas, then Missouri. Mm. But, um, you know, of course, the questions remain about conflict between federal and state laws and how that works, and even whether companies can choose on their own um, to do this. Uh, so it, it's, you know, and of course, whichever way they go, they can side with one or the other. If a company says, no, I'm going by the state law, yeah. we're not having it. And others would say, no, I'm going by the federal law, and we are. So they can try to defend themselves which, with either one of those. Yeah, they could. It, I it is confusing. Um, mm. And then I also saw that the Alabama governor, Kay Ivey, Republican mm. woman, um, she said she did her own mandate, or sorry, executive order against a mandate. Mm-hmm. The federal government's outrageous overreach has simply given us no other option 
but to begin taking action, which is why I'm issuing this executive order to fight these egregious COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Alabamians and Americans alike should and must have the choice to roll up their sleeves and get this shot and certainly not be forced by government. While President Biden laughs at the idea of protecting your freedoms, I will continue fighting for Alabama businesses and their employees. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. You know, maybe there's some um, of a surge in this. We we certainly need it for states to step up. It's a lot easier to just remain quiet and mm-hmm. bow the knee. But mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, lives are being terribly affected by this and careers lost. And, you know, I'm sure the fact that COVID is waning has something to do with this as well. It, it would be a little bit harder to do it in the midst of a surge in COVID. Definitely. And the other thing is um, the kids, you know, kids being vaccinated. So on Friday, the FDA, they, um, they authorized the Pfizer vaccine mm. for kids age, ages 5 to 11. And then the CDC, it looks like they're going to be giving their final approval um, for the shots to roll out. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing to think about. And then uh, 4,700 children showed that Pfizer's vaccine was safe and 90% effective at preventing symptomatic disease. So that was a study that they had done. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, go ahead. Here's a couple of questions there. Will it be mandatory and will it be administered without a, par- a parental approval? That would be creepy. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but one thing to note is that uh, they, the Kaiser Foundation, they did a, a study and they asked parents and 27% of parents said that they would get their kids vaccinated right away. And 30% of parents said that they would definitely not vaccinate their kids. Mm. And that leaves 43%. And I don't know what their answer was. They're kind of maybe in the middle and not sure. Yeah, yeah. But definitely a hesitancy. And and that's what a lot of parents are saying. They're like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm fine getting it for myself, but I'm not getting it for my kid. That's a mm-hmm. whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, th- once you mess with people's kids, it gets pretty ugly. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know if... You're going to get to this later. Mm. But, yeah, disruption in travel. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's all kinds of things in healthcare and uh, law enforcement as well, uh, where they've had so many folks step away from these fields that the services are limited and, you know, the quality is, is falling. You know, in other words, we're not, we're losing nurses, and, you know, not able to have enough health care for people and law enforcement likewise. So, yeah. And then, of course, travel. Travel is, in a sense, one of the most obvious, although mm-hmm. you could say it's more of a luxury or convenience to some degree. You know, and I guess you'd say, well, you can get to where you need to go. You just uh, have your flight canceled and you reschedule, <laughs> which is very inconvenient. Yeah, that's really... The whole point of being on an airplane is for the convenience. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just drive. You have control of everything. You could stop when you want. You could do all of that. But Mm -hmm. you fly because it's faster and more convenient. So there's no point to that. But over the weekend, uh, 
American Airlines had to cancel more than 1,800 flights. Mm-hmm. 1,800 flights since, yeah, since Friday. And that was basically 18% of its entire weekend schedule, which mm. may not seem like a lot. That is a lot. They were blaming the, the wind. If you didn't know, in Texas, there's been really strong winds. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I went too far and I started farting too much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Windbreaker? Yeah, yeah. I... I guess I am. I just <laughs> didn't realize, but whatever. Well, in all honesty, I remember the winds last week and they were kind of had died down by the weekend. So I kind of don't buy that. Yeah, you're and, right. And, and I even remember with Southwest, when they were having their troubles, they were trying to blame it on weather or different things. But uh, I think we all know the real problem has been the vaccine mandates yes. and uh, staff shortages in part because of it. You know, so... It, kind of what's happening is, you know, the numbers had died down under COVID and now it's ramping up and more people are wanting to travel. And at the same time, you know, pilots and flight attendants, uh, airport workers, you know, who have conviction about not being vaccinated are not being given a choice. Mm-hmm. And they're choosing to leave. And... That's causing these flights to be canceled. Yeah, and it's really hurting a lot of people. Um, but yeah, that's what they keep on saying. And most of the articles I read about it, it was just that it was weather issues. And uh, yeah, that it builds. It's like a chain effect. If if it affects one flight, then that pilot is late to get to the other flight. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. chain reaction. And uh, But they said that American is more confident that they'll be able to handle the holidays because... Um, they're welcoming back almost 1,800 flight attendants from pandemic leave uh, today and more on December 1st. Hmm. So. Well, I, <laughs> you know, there's still the vaccination issues, and then some of those people may have found other plans. So I hope they have those numbers as they think they do. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then let's see. So something that's been coming in the news is that there was some plan to give like over $450,000 to parents or sorry, to families that were separated at the border. So illegal immigrants that came here and to really give them $450,000 plus um, just for the heartache that that caused and the devastation. So uh, Ron DeSantis, our favorite governor from Florida, uh, here's what he had to say about it. Be very concerned about reports. Uh, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration is going to pay with tax dollars hundreds of millions of dollars to people who came to our country illegally across the southern border as, quote, damages. I mean, you think about it, Americans are getting more in their gas bills. They're getting more in their grocery bills. Uh, you've had all kinds of really bad policies throughout our country that has limited freedom. And you're going to turn around for that and you're going to do 475000 for an individual that came illegally to this country? I've seen a lot in my day. I've seen a lot that's happened over the last nine or ten months that I didn't think I'd ever see. But this takes the cake. Uh, if that is done, that is going to be a slap in the face to every hardworking American 
who works hard and plays by the rules, and it'll especially be a slap in the face uh, to people that have immigrated legally to this country. Uh, that should not be allowed to stand. It's wrong, and whatever we can do in Florida to fight back against it, we will do. Preach it. It's, I, I guess it's just the Biden administration drunk on their own power. Kind of the way I take it is it's another um, slap against Trump. So they're basically trying to pay damages for wrongs done by the Trump administration. And, it, you know, it's not like we have to wait for any court to order to make judgment as to the outcome here and then order ju- order damages. No, they're just going to do it. <laughs> you, you know, normally, if there's a case and somebody's been wronged, a judge or jury has to make that decision, and then they have to order the damages, right? That's a typical lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, they're just going to d- give it anyway. They're going to assume that in every case, it was wrong and that these damages are ordered. Wow. You know, so I, I think, again, it's for them to try to hurt Trump. And things that he did, when in reality, he was doing a whole lot better job than they've ever done. But, um, yeah, just another slap at Trump. And there was this story of a woman who died trying to swim around the California-Mexican border. The a barrier, basically, it looked like it was a group of possibly like 70 people. And they were trying to swim from Tijuana to... Um, kind of into the United States at a border mm. border field state park in San Diego County. And yeah, it sounds like she drowned and mm. I don't know how many of these people made it, but very dangerous that these mm. people are just doing this. And I, yeah. So, the, okay. There were 36 that were apprehended, 36 adult Mexicans um, who had swam Mm. And yeah, 13 people who were pulled up from the water by the U.S. Coast Guard. But I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that people were doing that, to be mm. honest with you. I knew people were walking by foot, but I didn't mm. know people were literally trying to swim all the way. Mm. Uh, swimming is hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just this stuff is costing lives. Mm. And we claim, you know, this administration claims to care about lives. Mm. Um with all of their COVID policies, but yet they let stuff like this happen mm-hmm. under Trump. I really just don't think this would have happened. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's interesting. You know, you wonder if there's some reasoning that, well, to get into a more liberal state, you've got maybe a better chance of uh, being well received. You know, California doesn't turn anybody away, nor do they keep anybody from voting. And why wouldn't you want to go if you're promised uh, forty-five mm. or four hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars if you're separated from your family, which you can intentionally do? It's very easy to be separated from somebody, right? Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. There's all kinds of weird tactics that they're using to mm. smuggle mm. people, and mm. yeah, it's awful. Uh, and then I, I did forget to mention this, but I saw something about in New York, they had kind of had the vaccine mandate and they had a deadline. If you don't get the vaccine, you're going to lose your job. And it was for people that were working like for the government, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. M- municipal 24,000 uh, 
did not do it mm. and lost their job. And it's just basic services that people there are going to feel, mm. uh, you know, police officers, firefighters, um, you know, just different governmental jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is, that's what's happening. There's implications to these policies. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say to replace all those people is not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might be able to very slowly. Another story that I heard was that Ron DeSantis in Florida, they are welcoming uh, firefighters, police officers that have been ousted from other states. They're welcoming, welcoming them with a bonus to come to Florida mm-hmm. and to work there. <laughs> so why wouldn't you it's it, it's better in florida than it is in mm-hmm. miserable california new york or wherever mm-hmm. it might be right you know they're basically saying we don't have any mandates here in fact we've prohibited them uh, you don't have to get a vaccine and you can continue in your line of work and now in florida they're actually doing better with covid mm-hmm. there's been ups and downs throughout all of this but uh, florida's been seen as the villain here because right. they they're allowing for more freedom when they have an older populace mm-hmm which mm-hmm. they are more vulnerable mm-hmm. to the to COVID, the right. disease. So, yeah, it is it is odd. Yeah, it's kind of funny. During the times when Florida was having a surge in cases, uh, the, you know, the more liberal people were dancing in the streets and just pointing the finger, and and now it's kind of gone away. Yeah, people are getting a little quiet now. Mm, that's right. <laughs> they don't want to report the good news. <laughs> right. Heaven forbid. When you don't hear a lot of talk about deaths hospitalizations and surges you can kind of assume there's not much happening with covid yep you don't really have to go look at the numbers too hard believe me there's not much covid left yeah with our unemployment that's still being you know put as a cause Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah there's this graph that i saw that was just like it was just a slope of downward downward of uh people working and when the unemployment benefits like lifted part of them lifted Mm -hmm. in september it actually fell down even further to like pre-pandemic rates wow so i i don't know what's going on you mean there was more unemployment there was more even as the benefits ended it it wasn't it was basically like uh in the article it says 61.6 percent down from the pre-pandemic level of 63.3 percent in february 2020 uh but yeah if you like on this graph mm-hmm. in September, it shows a higher rate of like 60, yeah, 63.3. And then it jumps down to 61. You know, you would expect the opposite. You would. And that's what I, and it, the, the title of the article is, um, is how I feel as well. Um, America's shrinking workforce, a puzzle for economists. I mm. don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's, 10 million or what that have left the workforce since COVID and nothing seems to be getting them back. And it is affecting, you know, the uh, supply chain interruptions and yeah, you know, and really a lot of these jobs are pretty decent jobs too, you know, and, and I know there's been a lot of talk about people wanting to change jobs, folks wanting to maybe work from home once they get used to it during the pandemic there's a lot of different theories, but the bottom line is people stopping work altogether. 
Yeah, it, they, they said in the article, a Gallup survey discovered that 48% of the working population in the United States is actively looking for a new job or watching for opportunities. Mm. And the world's largest human resources provider defines this new era of work as a great reevaluation. Mm. So it's just, yeah, people, it's like they, they're not really, they're not really basing their life off of their job. Rather, it's about other things in their life now. And their job is the last thing they care about. But normally you couldn't afford to do that. You you mm-hmm. had to make the job the basis because if you didn't have the job, you didn't you couldn't do anything else. You couldn't provide for your family. You, you couldn't uh, work on your health or anything like that because you didn't have the funds for it. Mm-hmm. So it is weird, and people are really you know prioritizing flexibility. They want part time jobs or work from home jobs. They don't want just a standard eight to five in the office. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's it's hurting us it's hurting our economy Mm -hmm. and um yeah this business group is saying you know um congress should drop the multi-trillion dollar tax and spend proposals that would further undermine the economy and focus on getting americans back to work and help uh, helping employers fill open jobs Mm. (laughs) you know i heard some people say that it has to do with all the stimulus Mm. but i just think you know, I, well, I guess if people were getting unemployment benefits the whole time and then they got the stimulus on top of that, they could have saved up and, you know, go several months without working. But at some point that money's going to run out, uh, especially if folks are living on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't know. You know, at some point these people must have a need to return to the workforce. Yeah, I would think it's it's really throwing me off and... It's a bunch of high schoolers that are getting these jobs now. Mm-hmm. And they're smart to do it. Mm-hmm. I respect them for it. Um, yeah, and, and no matter what you're at, like if, if you if you don't need the job, if you do, you need to benefit society. Mm. And if nobody works, nothing is created. No services are served. What Your phone, the apps that you're using, there's offices of people that are making it work mm. we saw whenever they were short you know the facebook went down it was people were working on that to bring it back up again you have to work you have to benefit society for all of this to run for all of us to work and people are so selfish to just say nope i don't want to i'd rather just suck the government's teat mm. and just live my life and watch netflix all day well, you're not going to have a society anymore if you keep on like this. Mm. So I don't care how much the government's giving you. You're being selfish. Mm. Definitely. You know, I don't know what it's going to take, whether it, you know, getting a little more stringent with some of the benefits that we offer. You know, maybe there's folks receiving food stamps that really shouldn't be. You know, obviously disability is rife with fraud. But oh yeah, um, I don't know. Obviously, some people are deserving of that and needing that. Uh, but yeah, very problematic for our country. You know that this hiatus has led to this. Yeah, it, it's got to get fixed. Um, okay, but let's end the show with uh, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> mm. He finally spoke to the uh, what? What are they? Paparazzi? Oh mm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. The only person that Alec Baldwin should be speaking to is his lawyer. 
The day I arrived in Santa Fe de Sarchuti, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. Alec was candid, talking with the paparazzi in Vermont for three minutes and 40 seconds. I talked to the cops every day. But was speaking out a smart move? We asked two experts, media analyst Joe Concha and legal expert Rachel Stockman, if his comments could affect his case. Prosecutors are considering whether or not Alec could be charged with a crime. To me, it just seemed like a bit of a chaotic situation. We were a very, very, excuse me, Alec Baldwin makes it hard to have sympathy for him when he is hushing his wife, when he's being rude and dismissive to his wife that was simply trying to help him. You guys, you know what? You, no details. Do, do, do me a favor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question. Considering he already has enough bad press right now, the fact that he delivered this interview in this way, I don't think necessarily helps him in the court of public opinion. We're, we're eagerly awaiting for the Sheriff's Department to tell us what their investigation has yielded. What else do you have? I think it was Alec Baldwin's attempt to get the paparazzi essentially off his back. I don't think his attorneys would have said, okay, you can go ahead and speak to them. I felt like it was almost a desperate move on his part. But you met with her family? Yes, I met with her Helena. If you're spending this much time waiting for us, you should you don't know, know her, her name. name. Ilaria posted these Halloween pics of Alec and their six kids and wrote, parenting through this has been an intense experience to say the least. Today, we rallied to give them a holiday. Free advice for Alec Baldwin. Maybe try to get away to somewhere where the press can't find you, order in for a while, and wait for this to blow over in terms of it being one of the top stories in our news cycle. Do you think production will start up again? No, I doubt it necessarily. And sadly, we're learning the final words spoken by cinematographer Helena Hutchins. According to the LA Times, after the bullet hit her, a crew member heard Helena say, that was no good, that was no good at all. We were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. Yeah, so <laughs> I think he said way too much. Mm. Uh, yeah, and especially the well-oiled crew. Mm. All, all the stuff I've been hearing is that they weren't, that they didn't know what they were doing, that, yeah, obviously, if they were really so well-oiled, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, they'd had, um, I think, about three previous accidents just in the days before this. <laughs> and well had, they had had other workers resign because of safety issues. So there were there were problems. I guess they said it was low budget, and maybe this is the result of that. Very low budget, <laughs> probably because they were spending it all on Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, it, it was so funny watching this video because it's him and his wife Helena, the one that you know has a fake accent. Hillary, or what's her name? Oh, I thought it was. Hel oh no, Helena was the lady that was killed. I'm yes. sorry. Yes, Hilaria. Yes. Uh -huh. It, it, was, it was hilarious. Yeah. So she's standing there with him. And I didn't know that she was the wife at first in the video uh, because it's almost like she's like his press uh, agent. Mm. And she's like, he's not taking any questions at this time. You don't even know his name. And he's just, <laughs> he just like, he literally, he's like, excuse me, please. Can you let me just talk with them? And it's like, <laughs> so like talking to your wife like that, especially in this age. Well, Maybe in part it was because she really doesn't speak good English. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, how, how you say cucumber? <laughs> Which is something she actually said. And she is not completely Hispanic. She knows English and she is perfectly fluent. And she does this act to look cuter and get attention. And I think he even fell for it or something. She just 
came over on a boat from Spain. Right? Yeah. Also, I will say this, although I'm being petty now. Uh, he, she looks like she could be his daughter or mm. granddaughter. Mm. Honestly, granddaughter at this point. Mm. She looks like very skinny, very fit, very pretty, very young. Right. I don't know their age difference, but <laughs> it's too much. Whatever. It's it significant. Is. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Let's just say uh, he's gonna die first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and. Yeah, that's sad that those were her words. But I'm going to be very honest with you. Mm. Those would not be my words if mm. I was shot. I would mm. be screaming like, I'm going to get you, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> what were her words? It, that is no good. That's that no, no good, good at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, understatement. That's true. Of the century. Mm. Those are your dying words. But yeah, so it shows that she was probably a very calm and mm. peaceful person mm-hmm. that just didn't you know, react very quickly to things. But yeah, awful, awful. And right. I just don't think he should speak to the press mm. at this time. I really mm. think he should wait mm. uh, because, yeah, this, this is going to go to court. So everything that you say can be held against you. Mm. Everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, he is being hounded. <laughs> and I guess this was trying to get them off his back a little bit. But I'm not sure that that's really possible. This is like a rabid dog. They're not going to let you go. It's their job. If mm-hmm. they don't get results, they get fired. Mm-hmm. So, it, which at least they're working. <laughs> mm, they're working hard. Yeah, since we're talking about employment, uh, <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> I, I don't really think there is any place on the face of the earth that he could take a vacation that there would not be. They would, they, they'll track him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, just stay in your house. You know, what are you going to do? Sneak out, have people that look like you go one way and you're not going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to fool, fool them. He's probably losing his mind, though, with the six kids in mm. Hilaria. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go to the verse. It's um, Romans 1, 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. Yeah. It, with this, it's like, you really, you can choose the path of righteousness or, or the path of wickedness. And yeah, we heard a sermon where uh, <laughs> the pastor was bringing up the Pharaoh and the fact that God hardened his heart and people were, you know, people argued that, that that's not fair, you know, mm. because free will mm. and all that. But he was making the point, well, Pharaoh hardened his heart many times uh, himself. Before God did. Yeah, before God did. So, mm. you know, before you start feeling bad for him, mm. you know, really don't. But yeah, it's just like, I don't think people realize how much protection God has over them and that they don't fall into the life of wickedness. Mm. That phrase, God will, you know, gives them over to. Mm-hmm. That is yep. such a powerful um, wording. You know, basically speaks of someone who has made decisions, choices, and even stubbornly refused to budge from them. And God basically lets them. Yeah. So it's just a concept of free will. And it's not like God initiated this, caused this, or even wanted this in any way. But he does allow us to go astray if we insist on doing so. Yes, yeah, and yeah, God should not be blamed for that. That's that's on us. So, God is very merciful and just to us, and I hope that you enjoyed the show and you learned a lot. Stay safe out there.